Welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. of God. Say the presence of God. Come and shout it, the presence of God. One of the things I love so much in my life is the presence of God. I cherish it. I love it. I like to carry people into the presence. And so I'll be speaking to you on the presence of God. And um, I'll be teaching you so much of it. So today I'll do some teaching. When I finish with the teaching, then we will expect God's presence to come upon our lives. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Whilst I'm teaching, we'll be entering the presence. Amen. God have your way. Exodus chapter 32, 33. Let me read from the verse 12 to 15. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, Thou sayest unto me, bring up these people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast found, also found grace in my sight. Now therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight. And consider this, that this nation is thy people. And he said, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And this is what Moses said in the verse 15. If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up thence. Don't go with us if your presence does not go with us. I believe that in God's plan, his presence is one of the things he believes when he created human being. Human being needs in order to fulfill his purpose on earth. I seriously believe that the abilities Adam and his wife had to single-handedly name every animal without scientific nomenclature Scientific nomenclature even groups them. Adam single-handedly named everything. I believe it was possible because the presence of God was so strong in that garden. This happened before the fall, of course. And I, I, I believe that when God created man in his own image and likeness, one of the things that makes that fulfillment of that is his presence with man. But unfortunately... As you and me know, Adam sinned, and then he lost the presence. I like the way the Bible puts it in, in Genesis chapter 3, the verse 8, when it says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God 
amongst the trees of the garden. So they hid themselves. For the first time, Adam ran away from the presence. You can run away from God's presence. Somebody say, how? Sin can let you get out of it. Disobedience can let you get out of it. But there is always a way you can come back if you want to come back. Because God's desire is that we will always be in the presence. You see, when you take fish out of water, it starts suffocating. You may see it kicking. But with time, it may die. In our case, we don't die because our spirit is the one that suffers. You cut your spirit off from the source of life when you are not in the presence of God. So the presence of God is a very critical thing for a child of God. And I believe that when Jesus came on earth to restore man back to God, he came in the fullness of God, the Godhead. So he's walking around knew how to create the presence of God around anybody who was there. So Jesus, was his purpose was to bring back the, the presence of God to humanity. So he tells Thomas, if you have seen me, you have seen the Lord. That means my presence is enough. Thomas, why do you want to see the Father? My presence is enough. I'm in him. I'm the full Godhead represented in, the, in my body here on this earth. So you will notice that a man like Moses knew God so much. I mean, of course, the way God met him and called him and sent him. And you and me know that the story of Moses in the Old Testament is a picture of the New Testament church. Can I hear someone say amen? amen. How God will deliver us and take us to the promised land. Amen. amen. So Moses knew the presence of God. He didn't want to miss the presence because he knew that not going with the presence of God meant that he was not going to fulfill his destiny. Amen. David is another man in the Bible who knew the presence of God. I love David for that. A man after God's own heart. David knew the presence of God. When David sinned, he said, cast me not away from thy presence, O God, and take not thy Holy Spirit away from me. Don't cast me. Lord, you can do anything to me, but... Don't take me away from your Holy Spirit and away from your presence. Because he understood. He's the same man who wrote and said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear, for thou art with me. The presence of God is with me, I will not fear. May the presence of God come upon you so that every power of fear will be broken in your life. Can I hear somebody shout a big amen? So you look at these kind of guys and you realize that the presence of God made a lot in, that, in their lives. They knew it. The presence of God is not just a mere influence or force. Because a lot of times when I talk to Christians, I realize that a lot of people think when they come and then the, some force comes upon them, then that's the presence of God. It's not necessarily that. It's not mere that. There may be force accompanying it. But that is not the presence of God. The force is not the presence of God. The presence of God is the person of God's indwelling around us that we can experience. You see, this thing is a fact and not a theory. That God dwells with us is a fact and not a theory. It's the truth of life. For those of us who are believers, we must see God personally dwelling with us. You have to come to the place where you know he is there. He is with me. 
Amen. He is around me 24-7. Nothing can take him away from me and nothing can take me away from him. Am I talking to somebody? You need to come to the place where you see the, the presence of God, not just as a force, but a personal, real, life-changing presence of the living God who abides and dwells within us and among us. The presence, the presence, the personal, real, life-changing presence of the living God. So, the force you may see accompany the presence of God. And I will come back to it soon. The force or the other things you will see is not, is the, the one who creates the force is still there. Amen? Now, so that, that then will teach you so much that if I want the force, what should I do? Look for the presence. Don't be craving for, 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 for the force, for the influence. Crave for the one who brings it. Am I talking to somebody? So it's very important. The presence is not a theory. It's a reality. As long as God is God, and as long as he's seated upon the throne, his presence will always be there. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Personally, I have a passion for the presence of God. I love to be in the presence of God. I love to experience the presence of God. I love to create the presence of God around. I love it. Now, sadly, sometimes... We who should know the presence of God, we become like Jacob. The Bible said Jacob wakes up from his sleep and he says, Surely the Lord is in this place and I knew it not. May you know the presence of God around you. Amen. Amen. It's so important that you must know it. It's so important. Moses scripts for it. Even Jesus' work, the Bible says how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed, for God was with him. God was with him. You see, the power and the anointing is not the same as the, the presence. Can I tell you something more? The presence is different from the anointing. The anointing is the power, the enablement, the separation, and the empowerment that God gives you to do things. So I stand in the anointing to minister. But if my ministration will work, I need the presence around me to minister. It's just like saying you can drive, but there's no car. You go and learn how to fly a plane pilot with all the degrees and there's no plane. All you have will be theory. Amen. So God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing all good things because God was with him. May the Lord be with you. Amen. Even in your house, may the Lord be with you. 
And let me tell you, I will come to the point where you will realize that for us, it's not even may the Lord be with us. He is with us. But it's only that we don't realize it. But in my introduction, let me just say it so. You will realize that we are the most privileged to have his presence and work, work with his presence and enjoy his presence and fulfill our lives in his presence. But it doesn't happen because for some, we are like Jacob, who don't, don't know. One, one, one day I was standing in church and then something was happening in church. We preached and finished and some powerful move was going on. And then, we, I'm sure some of you have seen this and heard this. I'm sure even with the man of God here, you've heard it. You say, oh, God is moving in this place. For some people, you have to say it three times <laughs> before they realize God is really moving. <laughs> and, and, and my point is that, how can you be in a church and somebody has to tell you God is moving? You should know. But I, I pray that tonight, somebody will understand how God moves around you. Amen. That you can engage him in your own house. Sit in your own car, even whilst people are there, and engage God. One day I was sitting with my wife in the car. We were moving, went and preached someone we were coming. And we were talking, talking to her, and I said, did you realize something happened in this, in this car and left? And he and my driver were looking at me. But something happened. Some, something came in and left. You see, even in your office, and let me tell you something. This is one of the ways by which we as believers... Can, can show God's presence and power wherever we are. Look at Jacob. Laban, his father-in-law. Jacob, when Jacob encountered that presence and went into Laban's house, Laban himself knew something had happened. He said, by experience, since you entered this house, me myself have known that something has happened. May your life be like that. May you enter the presence and when you go out and enter somewhere, everybody knows you have brought God in that place. And your boss will have no option but to pay you big and write a check for you because your presence has done mighty. Eleven was trying to cheat Jacob. Hmm. My goodness. You can't cheat a man with a presence. Holy Ghost himself will collect it and give to him. Hallelujah. But to understand this thing so well, I want to pick it from some point. I want to talk about the four dimensions of the presence of God because it is there I'll be able to explain to you how you can, you can, you can engage or you can enjoy or you can enter or you can participate and experience the presence of God in your life for many things to be done. The presence of God makes us fulfill our lives in a way that we ourselves like. And God is glorified in it. Amen? Amen? The Bible says he made his ways known to Moses and his acts unto the children of God or the children of Israel. God always has a way he makes his ways known. And I'm going to talk about four dimensions of his presence. And I will explain each one of them. I won't stay on some of them long. I will stay on the ones I believe you and me can enter easily and work. Is that okay? And then I will explain to you how, how you, should, you, sh you should get it. How it should, it should happen to you. My prayer is that after tonight, somebody will enter into the presence of God easily every time. 
and do your things and come out. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? Amen. So he made his ways known to Moses. But as for the children of Israel, they saw the acts. The ways of God are not known by many people. The acts are known are enjoyed. The acts of deliverance they saw. The children of Israel saw the acts of deliverance. They saw how the sea opened and they walked through. They enjoyed the acts. But they didn't know the ways by which they came. The dimensions of the presence shows us the ways by which we can make God's presence important in our lives and beneficiaries of his presence. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, the first dimension, and these dimensions I'm talking about, they are, they are in levels. Say levels. Mm, high levels. The first dimension I want to talk about is the omnipresence of God. The omnipresence of God. The omnipresence of God. His presence occupies and fills the universe because he created it. Amen. Because God created the universe, he fills it. Nobody can stop him from him. Though the activities of the earth are not in the control of God's hand. And I'll prove that. You see, when, when the devil met Jesus on the mountain after tempting him, he said, if you can worship me, I will give you the glories and the powers of this world. For it has been delivered unto me and unto whomsoever I will, I wish, I give. Jesus didn't contest. He only said, I won't worship you. Because the devil knew that on, in the Garden of Eden, he collected it from Adam. So God fills the universe because he founded it, he created it. But let me tell you something. He doesn't preside over the things that happen in the universe. He merely watches, takes notes. The only thing his presence, his omnipresence does is that because of his omnipresence, you cannot destroy the world before his time. You can do whatever you want to do, but you can't take it. Amen. Just like you can eat the fruit of the, of the tree, but the tree doesn't belong to you. God created it. Am I talking to somebody? His presence keeps the principles that, that he put in place. As long as God is God, Listen to me. The law of gravity will work. Nobody can suspend it. Except you use other principles he has created. And that is why when he himself wants to suspend it, because he's everywhere, he suspends it easily. So Jesus can walk on the sea. Peter can walk on the sea. He suspended it because he is the creator of it. And he feels it so he can suspend it. He alone can choose what to do with it. He fills the universe, but he doesn't preside over the activities of the universe. The omnipresence of God is the commonest presence of God everywhere. Even the unbeliever enjoys from the presence without knowing. Because the world is going on, the moon, the sun, they are moving, the air is there. Nobody can stop the air. And nobody can finish it. No matter how big his nose is, he can't finish it. Amen. I have a friend who's, who has a large nose. And when he, when he, whenever he has the opportunity to talk, he wants to insult himself first so that nobody can insult him. 
He says, I, I am privileged to have a, a, a huge nose. But I pray that there will be lack of air. So that by the time all of you are struggling, I've taken mine. <laughs> now he says that often so that at least it's not more an insult. Because the guy himself knows. <laughs> Amen. So, so God, God's omnipresence. The Bible says, Whither shall I go from, from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into the heavens, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. So God is saying, wherever, wherever you go, I'm there. You can't run away from my presence. Jonah thought he could run away from God when God sent him. He said, I will go away from this man's presence. You will see me. But he didn't know that God was everywhere. God's presence everywhere is what sustains the earth. It's what keeps the earth. Amen. I like Jeremiah chapter 23, the verse 23 and 24. It says, Am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? That means I'm, I'm not only here, I'm also there. I'm everywhere. Amen. Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him? Saith the Lord, do not I fill heaven and earth, saith the Lord. So I fill the heavens and earth. The omnipresence of God. He fills the whole earth. Amen. He feels it. So, he was running away. Jonah was running away from Nineveh to Tarshish. He went and paid for his fare, entered a ship. He said, Ah, I'm hiding away from this man. How can he come and order me to go and do these things? He didn't know God was there watching him. And I like the way God treated him. When they threw him into the sea, he himself said they should throw him there because God has found him. When they threw him into the sea, God made sure a whale was there to swallow him. And God was with him in the whale's belly so that the whale's, whale, whale's uh, uh, digestive system would not digest the man. God kept him there. May the Lord keep you even in the bosom of your enemy. Amen. Listen to me. God can hide you so much in his presence that your enemy cannot find you. Receive that grace upon your life. No, no, no. The presence of God can be so strong upon a man that you are looking and you can't find him. Where are you? He's here. But you can't find him because God can hide you. May the Lord hide you from your enemies Amen. by his presence so enveloping and keeping you that no destruction will come near your dwelling. Oh, can I hear somebody shout a big amen? Karuakata. God can. God will. God wants to do it. So here is Jonah running away. And God did it. But I told you, the Bible says the presence of God, the omnipresence of God is merely there. And I want to emphasize that. It's not so that God will preside over the activities of the earth. Somebody say, where is he? Where are all these things that are going on? If God is there, he's there. But he's watching. His omnipresence doesn't interfere. Except the places where he thinks that it is trying to interfere with his creation the way he has put it. That one, he will not let it up. Okay. But any other thing man wants to do, you can do. That's why God is there and all these things are happening. 
Haven't you had somebody who has asked you a question before? That you Christians say God is there. If God is there, why are all these things are happening? Why are they happening? His omnipresence. Amen. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand. So God upholds all things. I like 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. When Paul was teaching the Thessalonian church about the revelation of the Antichrist, that the Antichrist will come, and when he comes, he will destroy the whole earth, and God will consume the Antichrist by the word of his mouth, by the spirit of his mouth. Paul was teaching the Corinthians. He taught them. He said, when I was with you the last time, I told you that the Antichrist will come. Now, then he said something. He said, Already his activities are on earth. Some of you don't know that the activities of the Antichrist is already on earth. Some of the things you are seeing, that's the activity. But he himself has not yet been revealed. Then he said why he has not yet been revealed. In the verse 6 of chapter 2, in the verse 7, he said, And now ye know what withholdeth. Another word withholdeth is what restrains that he might be revealed unto us. There is something that is keeping the Antichrist from being revealed. Then he said, for the mystery of the iniquity, that's already worked. That's what I said. It's already there. Only he who now letteth will let. In other words, other translations say, only he who now restrains will do so. It, then the Bible says, until he be taken out of the way. So, until he be taken out of the way, the Antichrist will not come. Who is that he? The presence of the Holy Spirit on earth. When the Holy Spirit is on earth, the devil cannot do some of his agenda. To destroy the world, he cannot. Because the presence is there. That is why I believe that every believer should cherish the presence. There are things the enemy cannot do when the presence is there. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because thou art with me. His presence with me is enough. Am I talking to somebody? Yes, sir. Am I talking to somebody? Yes, sir. One, of the, one, of the, one of the books I read early in my Christian life was I Dare Call Him Father. I don't know how many of you have read it. But it's a book you can find. Written by a Pakistani woman who got saved. And in those days, to get saved as a Pakistani woman, and she, was, she wasn't a small woman. She was a politician, very rich. She got saved. She was suffering from a disease or sickness and was struggling. Then those days, they had these missionaries who were in missionaries who were allowed to come there and to follow up with military and other people. So this missionary man was a Presbyterian pastor. So he kept telling the Presbyterian pastor his problem. The Presbyterian pastor, and, and you were not allowed to witness to any Muslim. In fact, that is your end. They will carry you away. So the Presbyterian pastor will simply merely tell him, you know what, just pray to God as your father. He will take care of you. And the Muslims' diff most difficult thing is to call God their father. Where did he have a wife <laughs> to give birth to me? That's their, one of their biggest challenges. God is your father. And when we say Jesus is the son of God, that one is worse. <laughs> they can't phantom it. 
Meanwhile, that is the secret of our power. And they are not willing. So this man kept telling him, listen, just pray. Go go to your house and pray. I can't pray with you, you know. If I pray with you, when the going got tough for her, she went into her room, knelt down, and called God, Father. I dare call him Father. That's the book. You can read it. And when she did that, God saved her. He did Terrible presence around her. And this woman taught me the presence of God. They were looking for her to arrest her. The presence of God was so strong, she would move into a garden. And they are looking around the place. They can't find her. Until finally she left. Oh no, when you read that book, that was the book that challenged me about the presence. That made me desire the presence of God. I said, wow, the presence of God. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because your presence is with me. So, on earth, listen to me. As a child of God, what I want you to know, wherever you go, I don't care where you are found. I don't care where they send you. The only presence of God is there. You can activate it. You see, he doesn't interfere, like I said. But you know what? As for you, once you know he's there, it means you can, you can, you can activate it. If this woman was able to pray and he acted, it means when you also pray, he will act. May your prayer call him down for you. You know what? In every situation, you must understand that God is there. Even if they carry you alone and go and lock you up somewhere, God will be there. Amen. <laughs> That's one of the greatest things a believer can have. You have this relationship with your father. His presence is with you. So much so that nobody can separate you from the love of God. Let them take everything away from you and go and keep you somewhere. But God will be with you. May the Lord be with you. In your most difficult time, may you acknowledge the fact that he is. Now, how, how does one do that? When it comes to the omnipresence of God, God wants us to know that he's there. Just know it. No, just know he's there. Listen, when you go to the, I don't know how to put it here, but let me say it like the way I'll say it in Africa. If you go to the most wicked shrine, shrine where they are killing people, when you stand there, just know that God is there. I'll give you a story. A woman was arrested. This is an illiterate woman who was a believer. Was arrested. You know, he was, he was, he was picked up by armed robbers in a taxi. She wanted she just went to buy some things, came up in the night, got down to pick a taxi and go to South. No, no, they were armed robbers. They picked her up. They took her to the bush. And they decided that, listen. We are going to take all your money, rape you, and kill you here. Bring everything. She gave them all the money. Took her phone, everything. And then, when they were able, then she said, you know what? You can't do that here. Because the God I serve is here. She, she just told them, you, this is an you can't do that here because the God I serve is here. You can take my money, but to sleep with me here, the God I serve is here. You can't do that. They said, what do you mean? One took the hand to slap her. Did this and didn't. Didn't slap. But it's not that she didn't slap. 
When she did this, somebody held it. She did this and somebody held it. So you would have seen. <laughs> and then they said, okay, ask for, if you want her to sleep with him, we'll kill you. He said, well, if you want to do I told you he's here. Then they, they, they decided to. Then she opened up her mind. I said, okay, whatever you do, let me talk to him first. She opened her mouth and started talking directly to the leader of the gang. Speaking the man's language, native language, direct to him, to him. And telling him things about his own family. And the man was standing there in tongues. And she was speaking directly to the man. So the man stood and said, where are you from? She refused to answer. And she was talking to say, where are you from? Collect your thing. Collect your thing. You are from my hometown. Collect, collect, collect. Uh, where are you going? Let's drop you. <laughs> and that, that ended it. When I heard this story, when I heard this story, I realized, I listen, just acknowledge that he is there and it's enough. Just acknowledge he's there and it's enough. After the omnipresence of God, listen, I said he has filled the earth with his presence. Amen. Acknowledge he's there. It doesn't matter where they put you, he's there. Listen, they can put you in whales, in the, in the belly of a whale. If God's presence is with you, nothing will happen to you or come out. Receive that glory upon your life. Am I talking to somebody? We have to understand. That's why he said, I will not fear any evil, for thou art with me. May from today be a new day in your life concerning the presence of God. The second dimension, which is higher than this, is the abiding and indwelling presence of God. The abiding and indwelling presence of God. Here, God chooses that his presence will abide and indwell certain places and certain people. I said certain places and certain people. For example, the Bible says, where two or three of you are gathered together in my name, I am where? I'm where? So his presence abides with us, indwells us here. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? Now, this is a higher level. That means he's not only occupying or filling the, the space, but he chooses to reside in you so that he resides in you so that he will preside. Here, he's very, very active. He resides in order to preside over everything that has to do with your life. And this is where the key is. Indwelling presence of God. Before Jesus left, can you put that scripture on me for me? Do you have it? John chapter 14, 16, and 17. My goodness. And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another comforter. That he may abide with you. What? What? For what? What does forever mean? Forever means forever. He's, he's with you. He's a, he will abide with you forever. He, he does. Listen. He doesn't take vacation. <laughs> he doesn't take vacation. He is with you. What I keep telling people is that I said, look, he's so close to you that your own underwear is not as close to you as he is. Am I talking to somebody? No, he abides with you forever. He's with you. 
You don't need, this is a higher level, a higher dimension. He doesn't abide with everybody. Here he resides. He comes to make his abode. And then he wants to preside. This is where the question is. Will I allow him to preside over my life? Then I will see the presence in a very unique way. Amen? The Bible says we are the temple of the living God. Amen. The temple of God. The reason why he resides is so that he can have deep fellowship with us. So that we will know him better. Fellowship to know him. So that we can receive from him. The fellowship is to let you know him so that you can receive from him. Listen to me. When we, we, we gave our life to Christ in those days, there used to be this kind of uh, follow-up booklets they used to have. Scripture Union and other people used to have. And they used to give us. And I like the way they used to draw some of the diagrams. They would draw the hearts of man. The one without Christ, you see the cross outside. <laughs> that means Christ is not in him. Then the one with Christ, Christ is inside. But then there's another one they will draw. Christ is inside, but he's not on the chair of your heart. It's I who is on it. But there's another one they will draw. Christ is inside. The I is not on the chair of your heart, but Christ is on the chair of your heart. For many believers, and that depicts two kinds of Christians. There are people who have Christ in them, but he doesn't preside. They don't engage him. They don't involve him. They don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't make him take his place in their lives. Now, when you want to activate the presence, the indwelling presence of God, one, you must acknowledge he's there. Two, have fellowship with him. Give him the upper hand. Let him know, let him know that you want him. Listen, if I'm a friend to you and you don't show that you need me, I don't see why I should push. If I'm here and you are supposed to make use of me and you don't make use of me and you don't show that you need me, it will be difficult for me to impose. In fact, my nature is a bit different. I fear to impose. You can be my very good friend. When I try to talk to you one or two times and I realize it's not necessary, it's not that I'll run away. I fear to impose myself. I'll only be praying for you. And you can have a very resourceful person around you who can help you. But if you choose to close up so that he doesn't have access, he cannot have access. Many times, the presence, the indwelling presence of God is for our fellowship so that he will, he, we will know him better and know what to how to get from him. You know what? Why is he there? To bless my life. Why is he here? He was given to me to be with me so that I will know him and we'll walk together. But if I choose not to engage, one of the things I know about the Holy Spirit, I tell people every day, I say the Holy Spirit is a very gentle person. The most gentle person I've ever seen 
is the Holy Spirit. He created all things, yet he doesn't impose himself. Amen. Hallelujah. So, that indwelling presence is within the children of God, people who have Christ in them, and within the church. God makes his spirit indwell, his presence indwell us. He resides in us and amongst us for deep fellowship so that we can know and experience him, receive from him, and be changed into his image. Wow. In this time of fellowship, is deep. One day when I come, I will now talk to you about the fellowship. But I won't go there. Suffice it to say, he needs fellowship. When I read that book, and then I began to know that, ah, so the Holy Ghost can be that real. The presence of God can be that powerful. God can be so close to a human being. And I decided that I want to know him. Now, when I said I want to know him, pastor, I made the biggest mistake in my life. I didn't know how to know him. I thought just saying I want to know him was enough. So many, many years ago, I think in 1994, I was preaching, I was then in a, in a town, a small town in, in Ghana, in the north, called Wa, where I come from. One night, I had an experience, and I saw the tabernacle of God. I had read about it, all right. And you know, sometimes you can read some of this. In fact, those days, those years, in fact, most of the things I read from the Bible, I saw them as, uh, what do I call it, information or knowledge I had received. No revelation came out of them. It was that night I got a revelation. And I realized, okay. So it's easy because the Bible says something in, 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 in 1 Corinthians that life. It said all those things that happened to them, happened to them and they were written for our example upon whom the ends of the world are come. That means everything that was written. And the Bible calls them in Acts, the church in the wilderness. So I began to understand. That was where I began understanding that it's not just a, a wish. I want to know you. But I can activate his presence so strong in me that he will let me know him. No, who, who doesn't want a good friend? Everybody wants to be a friend to a, a good friend. So when you bring yourself, the friend will show you himself. He will become a good friend. Am I talking to somebody? So the Holy Ghost can be your friend. Tell somebody he can be your friend. He can be your very dear one. He can have great fellowship with you and change you for good. Can I hear somebody say a big amen? So I realize it is for fellowship. Just say fellowship. Why is he here for fellowship? How much do I have to fellowship with him? How much? Now I'm going to give you some few things that will help you. I read the Bible and I realized that Jesus Christ had the way he fellowship with the God. He separated himself for prayer. Say prayer. He will always separate you. I like the account in Luke chapter 5 from the verse 16 and 17. I like it. He said, Luke chapter 5, 16 and 17. I like that account because it tells you many things. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and did what? And prayed. And look at the verse 17. 
And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of law sitting by. Those people were there to trouble him. Which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. So here is Jesus. Because he had separated himself and he came back and he was ministering. He was preaching the word. Something happened. So, separation. Prayer. When we learn to separate ourselves into prayer, listen, mom, you can't be getting up the same time your children are getting up if you want the presence of God. Because when they get up, you can't do anything. Try and get up early. Even if you are tired. Manage your time. Get up early and pray. And let God's presence cover you and the children. That's why you are the mom of the house. Or the dad of the house. Am I talking to somebody? Prayer is very necessary. I'm not talking about the prayer we all come to church here and pray. That one is a different thing. It stirs the Holy Ghost amongst us. And that's all right. But I'm talking about your personal life. Where's the presence? Spend time. Am I talking to somebody? If you can make time prayer, you are activating the presence of God in your spirit. Building up yourself upon your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Number two, the preaching of the word stirs up. Anytime the word is being preached, the presence of God is stirred up and it's activated. The presence of God is stirred up and it's activated. Anytime the word is being preached, the Bible says, and they went preaching the word and the Lord was with them, confirming his word with signs and wonders. Amen. So, Anytime there's preaching of the word, that is why pastors preach the word. To stay, to let the presence of God be stirred in our lives. The Bible says when we come together, two or three, he's there in our midst. And when the word is being preached, it is a period of letting. And I tell the church always, that allow your pastor to have time to come and preach. I didn't hear an amen. amen. Don't carry your problem to your pastor on Saturday night. Amen. That's why he has other pastors. But there are people who is the head pastor. We want the apostle himself. Listen, one of the, th one of the things you will do and it doesn't help you is not giving your pastor space. Say space. You know what the apostle said in Acts? They said, listen, 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 listen. We cannot bog ourselves with this distribution of food. Gather people to do that and let us separate ourselves onto word and prayer. When we have word and prayer, the presence of God will be active in our churches. Are you understand what I'm talking about? I sleep early. I'm an early sleeper. But a nocturnal worker. I sleep early. But I wake up early. Ah, I, wake, I like to wake up when everybody is sleeping. When I wake up, I look at my wife's face. I say, oh, look at the baby lying down. <laughs> then I move. You know what? Because for me, it's important. And I will come to, I will come to this. So, but for you, if you want to activate the learn to have some time to pray. Learn to stay on the word. I love this. When you open your Bible, and you are concentrating on it, immediately the Holy Spirit must activate himself. Because this one, he must give you something from it for yourself. Yes. 
word is being preached or being studied, you personally, he will come. In our personal life, after the indwelling presence, if you don't activate it, he's there waiting for you. He wants the fellowship. And the fellowship comes when you are praying. The fellowship comes when you are... The fellowship also comes when you are worshipping. Worshipping God. Songs are very important when it comes to the Holy Spirit. When you sing songs that acknowledge and honor him, you have given him the license to move. That means you recognize he's there. Amen. Amen. Songs. Honor his presence. Let him know you know he's around. So, your prayer, your word, and your worship, they help you to activate. And I tell people, another thing I tell people always is that, listen, let it be in your tongue every day, on your mouth every day. Let the Holy Ghost know that you know he's around. You know something? When you enjoy him so much, one of the things that comes up often in your mouth, thank you, Lord. He knows you know he's around. What does he do? You are thanking him. Just his presence. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God, I give you glory. Ha! He just loves that because he knows you are there. When we honor him, even in public, he shows himself. Am I talking to somebody? So that is the way we activate the indwelling presence. I will come to the activation again. A strong presence allows the river of God, the flow of the Spirit, to bring life Restoration to dead and unproductive situations. When we, uh, we cause, we activate him, it brings life and restoration to everything. That is what the Bible calls refreshing. Say repent, Acts. Say repent, and you shall receive the refreshing from his presence. Amen. The third dimension is the glory of his presence. Now, that is a higher one. Say higher one. So, we talked about the omnipresence, which is general. We talked about the indwelling presence and abiding presence of the Holy Spirit, which is within Christians and in the church. Now, we are talking about the, the glory of his presence. Now, what is the glory of his presence? The glory of his presence is when the presence of God decides. When God decides that his presence must be manifest. Either for you to see, to hear, or to feel. There are times, you see, this other one I spoke about, the indwelling presence, you can sense it in your heart that God is there. You can activate and sense it. But when the glory of his presence, I love that one. When the glory of his presence comes, God manifests himself in such a way that you can even see. You can feel it. It becomes tangible. Ooh. It becomes so heavy. You see, the word glory in the, in, in the, in the Hebrew is kabod, which means weight. It sits on you, and you know that something is happening. And that glory of his presence is another higher dimension. It doesn't always happen. But when it happens, many things happen. God turns his presence into a glory for you to see. Amen. The day Moses was, was just going around with his sheep, as usual. And he went to the backside of the desert. That was not the first day he went there. I don't believe. He had gone there several times. Normal place. But that very day, God decided that I must draw the attention of this man to know 
God has always been there. His omnipresence has always been there. But that day he said, let me turn the presence into a glory for him to see. So, wow. Here was fire burning. And yet the bush was not consumed. Moses said, what? I will turn and see the sight. When he turned, then he said, Moses, I'm here. Now, you can, sometimes you hear it. You see? <laughs> the sad thing is when God is calling you and you are hearing audible sound and you are running to your mother. Mom, did you call me? That's, that happened to that prophet, isn't it? And the old prophet who the anointing has gone by experience, how to show him. Experience can be powerful, though. <laughs> the anointing was gone, but he still had the experience. He said, my brother, when you go and sleep next time, when you hear, just say, Lord, that servant heareth. Tell him experience. Listen, no matter how anointed you are, an old preacher can tell you something that will help you. <laughs> an old preacher can tell you something that will help you. Amen. You know, your anointing can do many things. But... The, the old man has no anointing again to do the things you can do. Because your anointing was giving you to do it. He didn't have it. He won't contest. But brother, he has passed through cronies and corners. You haven't yet gone. Amen. But, but here is the glory. It, it is tangible. Now, the gl glory of his presence takes the presence of God to another level. And this is what it does. It takes it from the from the reality of his presence to the perception and the tangibility of his presence. It's higher. This one you don't influence it to. God does it the way he wants it. He just chooses to do it. He can come in at any time. But that is so powerful because it dissolves doubts, breaks fear, inspires faith, and imparts divine knowledge. It has the power to dissolve doubts. Who told Paul that it was the Lord who was calling, who, who hit him down? Nobody. Who could have witnessed to Paul, Saul, to be converted? By the time you open your Bible, you are the one who will go. <laughs> the man is looking for who to kill. You are going to witness. <laughs> By the time you say, uh, 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 Saul, I just came to talk to you about the Lord Jesus Christ. Your head is gone. <laughs> but you see, the marvelous thing of God. God's presence is everywhere. The man went for letters to go and bind these people. On his way, God said, today, I must turn this presence into something else. So that this man will know that, look, what he's doing, I'm aware. I see it. I'm there. It's not that I don't want to do it, but I'm there. Today, so he turns his presence into a glory. We call that the glory of his presence. And the light, broad daylight, sunshine. And there was a light that was shining brighter than the sun. Hit him down. He went blind. He heard a voice. Saul, Saul, why are you? He said, Who are thou, Lord? 
It breaks doubt. It destroys fear. It inspires faith. And imparts divine knowledge. By himself. There is a certain glory of his person when you see. You will know things nobody has taught you. No, no, no. You will know things nobody can teach you. And you see, I, 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 I believe that, let me be free. Amen. All this, all this quote is supposed to let us appear like pastors. <laughs> this is okay, isn't it? Thank you. Now, I hope I have not destroyed your... They say even the removing of the coat, we should stop. I say, how? Want to be free. Anyway, you see, the glory of his presence is when God turns his presence into something visible, tangible. You can feel it. People normally say you, you, you should not be feeling the things of God. But brother, they haven't met the glory of his presence. You shouldn't feel. They haven't met it. I was preaching somewhere recently, and the glory of his presence came in the meeting. And a lady covered the eyes. He fell. Bam! Covered the eyes. I can't look, I can't see, I can't look at it. It's too bright. It's too bright. It's too bright. I can't look at it. And they were trying to remove. Ushers were trying to remove the eyes. It's too bright, it's too bright. She kept shouting, I can't look at it. She lay there until the service finished with the hands on the face because what she saw, only she. The following day, I asked her, Can you tell us what you saw? I said, Pastor, I can't describe it. It was too bright. The glory of his presence. God is already there, but he turns the, the presence into something visible, something powerful, something tangible, something that can be heard or seen. When people say God things, we don't see God things and we don't feel. I say, it's, they haven't reached some level. Amen. Amen. Jesus took three of his disciples to a mountain. When he got somewhere, he said they should wait. And he went further and stood there. When they opened their eyes, what? They saw him bright. Brighter than the sun. And Elijah and Moses were by him. They were talking. They said, what? They saw it. When he came down, Jesus got closer to them. and said, Jesus, let's stay here. It's enough. Our eyes have seen something. Let's stay here. Say, our eyes have seen something. May the Lord cause you to see his glory. Listen, I'm telling you, one of the most joyful experiences you can have about the presence is when, but you don't influence that one. You know, Moses asked God, show me your glory. And God said, Moses, you have asked too much. Nobody can see me and leave. But there's a cliff by me, and I believe that cliff is Jesus. In him, I will hide you. And then when I, I will cover you with my hand. And when I pass, you see my backside. The glory shows you something about God. And that's why, listen, 
Ah, I, I know this church. I can say this comfortably. I can say this comfortably. I know you're, I know you're apostle. You are a, listen, there are things some people know when they are talking. You don't argue. It's not theology. You went and read it in Bible school. Knowledge. I, I heard something the late Archbishop Benson Idahosa told Archbishop B B Nicholas Dankaulem. He said, anybody who hasn't done what you have done, when he criticizes you, throw it away. And I have grown to believe it. Because, you see, when some people are working in some realms, there are things, it's not book that teaches them. The glory of God's presence shows them. Your pastor just made some statement and walked here. I said, hey, this guy too. He has some words. I don't know where he gets them. He said, God told him. He said, Lazarus was so hungry that Jesus gave him the whole thing that was meant for the village in his house. And that is true. Now, you will see this one in Bible theology. It's a revelation. Whatever Jesus was in the city to do, he left it. And went to stay with him. So it's true. When people, when the glory of his presence comes, it takes your knowledge to another level. He teaches you things you wonder. You know, the Bible says that the anointing that you have, which abides in you, teaches you all things. Listen, the two levels of the anointing, I told you what the anointing is meant for. There's an anointing that comes upon you and you work. It doesn't affect you. When that anointing is, as long as it's on you, you can do things. Do things, do things, do things. Meanwhile, you yourself, you are a signboard. You know a signboard? A signboard can stand there and show you where to go to King's Word, but it has never entered here. Your signboards that are outside, they have never entered here, have they? But they have brought all of us here. And sometimes, there are times a man's life is, can be like that. People who depend on the anointing upon us, you see them do things. But the anointing within you is meant to teach you all things. There are things you can do if that anointing teaches you. And when the glory of his presence comes, that's the one he inspires to teach you. Everybody has a way you should walk if God has given you a calling. It doesn't depend on somebody. I have a way I do my things. You see why I don't allow you to carry my Bible? You are a new person. The old people who were carrying my Bible, they know I don't give my Bible to anybody. I carry it myself. It doesn't make me more special than the person who doesn't carry. But for me, to remain where I want God, God wants me, to listen to what the Spirit is telling me for my own sake and my anointing, I must walk my own path. Why are you looking at somebody and doing the wrong thing? I met a gentleman who was talking about something. He was talking about, he was having challenge in his marriage and we were talking. And he went and started quoting men of God. I said, ah, why did I come to talk to you about men of God? I'm only advising you as my friend. Why are you talking to me about men of God? 
Then I ask him, in those men of God you have mentioned, are they your pastor? I thought you should have told me about your pastor. I know your pastor. Instead of telling me somebody else. But there are many Christians, the glory of the presence of God doesn't ignite this thing in them. May the Lord ignite it in your heart. And get you to real places. Am I talking to somebody? So the glory of the presence of God takes things to another level. It dissolves doubt. Breaks down fear. Inspires faith. Some faith comes into your heart. That takes you to another level. And imparts divine knowledge. Amen. It brings about dramatic and drastic change. Visible to all. And one thing about the glory of his presence is that when it appears, it can appear to one person. But the glory of his presence is supposed to inspire change in you so that the change can affect the society. Can I hear someone say amen to that? For example, for example, uh, worship leaders. Can I say this? You need the glory of his presence. So that when you step here, when God touched Moses, it was for the children of Israel. When Jesus appeared there and the people saw him, with that thing. When he came and they said, shall we, let's build three booths. You know what Jesus did? He just touched them. And the, the, the Bible said, a cloud came and covered them. And they all went down groom. Then he touched them and said, let's go. And they got up and followed. The people would have resisted. They would have stayed there. <laughs> but, <laughs> but when the glory covered them, and they were like dead people, and he tapped them and they got up. He said, now let's go. They got up and followed. Anytime you are a worship leader, you come up with your glory, you need to bring the glory to affect the church so that we can all go where we must go. The glory of his presence can sometimes envelop one person, but it is not meant for that one person. Paul was touched to go and touch the Gentiles. Moses met God at the glory of his presence to go back and bring the children of Israel out. A worshiper, you will meet it to bring us together into the presence of God. Am I talking to somebody? That's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. Amen. I, I, I have followed some people's ministry. But there's a man, I followed his ministry recently and I, I heard something about him. And I said, wow. I was just trying to find out the secret. Not the secret, but what are some of the things that have made this man unique in his ministry? Because I, I admire the ministry. I, I, like, I, I, I like the way he moves in the presence of God. Then I met a pastor who was close to him. And he said, when that man travels to go and preach anywhere, his people go ahead of him. And they make sure that that floor of the hotel where he is, nobody walks there. In other words, if it is 10 rooms, they pay for everything. So they will look for the, some of the high floors and pay. And then somebody is standing at the lift. If you make a mistake and you appear, they say, oh, where are you going? They say, no, you have missed your floor. Because they don't want noise. They give him the space to be with God. Amen. So I said, okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. They make it comfortable for him to be with the Lord. 
Amen. Because if he, 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 he comes out of the glory of his presence, it is for the benefit of the whole church. Am I talking to somebody? That's why you as a father must get it. Let me talk about the last one. The last one is the power of his presence. Now, I will just say something small on this. The power of his presence is when God's presence releases a power to do some things. Now, every glory, uh, every presence has what it must do. Refresh you, do something. But this one is another level of his glory. Where for example, you can be preaching and God decides to do his own thing inside there. I've been to meetings where uh, the preacher was not yet finishing his message. He hadn't finished. He's still preaching. And God decides that, no, whether you are still preaching or I'm going ahead. Before you realize, people are getting healed everywhere. You have no info. You yourself, you didn't even pray. He has released the, his presence in power to work. I will never forget this story I heard about Archbishop Benson, which he told himself of blessed memory. I was listening to one of his tapes, and he said this. He said he went to Kenya to do a crusade. And he was preaching on Benny Hinn's pulpit. He turned and said, Benny, have you seen this before? He said, has he seen it? He said, have you seen this before? He said, no, I haven't seen it. He said, a woman came to the three-day crusade with a baby who was blind. If this one was not blind. There was no spot to show there were eyes. The whole place was fl flat with flesh. No place. You see, this one, when you say somebody is blind, it means he has eyes and then the eyes cannot see or something. Or the balls are falling in. This one, no mark. Everything was born like that. He said, this woman made sure she was standing at the edge. And then every now and then, he would lift up this child for him to see. He was believing God for the child to be healed. First day, nothing. People got healed. Nobody. Blind eyes were open. This woman didn't get. When he was going, he realized the woman was sad. He went home, prayed. Lord, tomorrow you must do something. Came the second day, nothing happened. The third day, Nothing happened. He didn't know how to leave this woman. So he said, everybody, bow down your heads. I'm going to pray my last prayer. Everybody, close your eyes. He insisted until the woman closed her eyes. He handed over the mic to walk away because he couldn't just look at this woman. With her. When he handed over the mic and tried to walk out, he heard a scream when he turned. The baby's eyes, new ones. He said, he went back and stood and said, I have nothing to do with this. <laughs> because you see, this is the power of his presence. Where, and listen to me. Can I tell you this? This is where we are getting to. Where we, we don't need, listen, you will sit in the church, even during the worship, watch it. By the time our worshipers are leading, the power of his presence must move. Touch lives, break bondages, set people free. Because he knows what you needed before you entered here. Am I talking to somebody? I was preaching in our church and I didn't know this guy had come. This man, young man, he had come. Of course, when you look at him, you can see that he's very worried. 
He came into the church for the first time. He just walked in. He said he doesn't know what, what brought him. He walked into the church with his two daughters. He has five girls. The wife and the other younger three were not there. He came with the first two. He was in church. When you look at him and the girls, you could know that these are people who are wandering. I didn't take note of him. We were just worshiping God. I had finished preaching. Hey! Before I realized, a man started jumping and screaming and crying. The daughters were just looking at him like this. Your father is crying like this. What is wrong with him? So they were like this. They are not church people. They don't go to church. This man was shouting. I will confess and started calling on God. And started saying things. Now, I didn't want the children to be hearing some of the things the man would be saying. So I said they should move him. They moved the guy. He said he won't go. He came forward. He said I should give him the mic. So that he would tell the church for the church to pray with him. Because if he talks to the church and they all pray, God will listen. Because he has done havoc to his family. And I didn't want the children to hear this of their father. Now, God just took hold of him that day. Without anybody's knowledge. I didn't make altar call. His prayer was even more than the altar call prayer I would have done. <laughs> no, what he himself was saying was more powerful. And, and, and I didn't know. So he was there. This man, as I talk to you, you will know that when God decides to do things on his own, and listen to me, church, God knows you. He can do it for you. We need the power of his presence in our church. We don't want just to be there and say God's presence has come, but may his power be there to do works. The Bible says, and when Jesus was preaching, and the power of God was present to heal. Amen. It was what? Present to heal. May the power of God be present to heal. May our meetings be different. Amen. Amen. So when there is strong presence, it brings about change. It brings about life's ch life changings. It touches lives. It fills God. It refreshes the church. Hallelujah. And God's ways are done. How many of you love the presence of God? Now I took you through the four, four dimensions so that you will know what to do. Amen. Can we stand on our feet? The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, please write 3323 West Summit Road, Chicago, Illinois 60623. Visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.